today's podcast, we're, we're having a bit of a first one. Uh, I'm recording this during the Pistons game versus 76ers. And at this point, the Detroit Pistons are down by 41. Let's talk about it, man. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. Okay, so like like I mentioned at the, at, in, in the cold open, man, like this is the first time I've ever done this. I hope this is the last time I ever had to do this. Unless the Pistons are up by like 60 in the, in the last game of the NBA Finals. I just go quickly to here to celebrate. Um, I'm recording this while the game is still going on. It's in the third quarter. The Sixers were up by 41 points a minute and a half ago. I couldn't watch it. I, I had to turn it off. I, I had to turn it off. I just said, screw it. We're, we're just going to get right into the podcast. So in this game, they're on, a, on, the, on, on the front end of a back-to-back right now. And they're playing without Isaiah Stewart, who's out with a shoulder injury. They're playing without Jalen Duran, And they're playing without Boyan Bogdanovich. So they're a complete, they're, their whole front court starting lineup Completely gone. Completely gone. So one could say that without those three guys, you should have foreseen this coming. Joel Embiid was returning in this game. A lot of people should say you, you should have knew this was coming, Koo. Anyone who watched this game, that's shame on them. They should have known that this was going to happen. Well, you know what? You may have a point. You may have – I'm not even going to sit here and say you're wrong. You may have a point. But 41 points bad? I I don't know I don't know about that. that. This is a this has reached a new low for the Detroit Pistons this year. This is by far, by far, the worst game of the year for the Detroit Pistons. And up until 45 seconds ago, when they hit back to back shots, there was a real chance I thought that the Pistons were going to finish this game under 30 percent shooting as a team. As a team, I thought they were going to shoot under 30% from the field. And I don't even know. I'm not going to spend the whole podcast talking about this game because that would just be utter torture for everybody here, um, including myself. It would just be pure torture to talk about this game the rest of the way. Um, But I I don't even know if, like, I feel like this is one of those games that you just, like, wipe away and act like never happened. Because, again, they are without Isaiah Stewart. They are without Jalen Duren. They are without... Boyan Bogdanovich, and they're starting knowing the well against Joel Embiid. You're starting Sadiq Bey at the power forward position against these guys. They were running Hamadou Diallo as a backup five for the majority. Actually, not majority, the entire game. He was the backup five. So I, I feel like that we should almost just wipe this game away and act like it never happened. Also, to go along with this, Killian shot two of 11. Sadiq Bey shot one of 10. Kevin Knox, four of 10. Alec Burks five of thirteen. It felt like the I felt like I've ne- I don't know if I've ever watched a Pistons game where it felt like every single player was missing every single shot. Like I don't think I, I every single player tonight outside Hamadou Diallo 
it felt like everything they shot was going to be a miss. Every and it, it basically was. Maybe Jay and Ivy too. Jay and Ivy actually shot four of eight from the field thus far. Thus far, by the way, the game's not over. The game, the, I, I, the game, it just the quarter just ended, and Jay and Ivy's at four of eight. So all those stats, that's through three quarters. Okay, I'm not watching the rest of this one. Um. So look, yeah, I kind of want to wipe it away. The one thing though that that I can now want to take away from this though, there's only there's only one thing I'll take away from it. Because overall, yes, I do I, I do think this is one of those games where everyone just didn't have it with them not having a front court, with them not having any bigs, and it just happened at like the worst possible time. They no, nobody could hit anything. Killian had easily his worst game since the first 10 games of the year. Each shot he was taking was was a shot that he has been hitting every it seems like every game. He this it wasn't like he was forcing anything. He just was missing. He was missing everything he shot. Everything. A lot of good looks, too. Just missed everything. This is by far probably... And then he wasn't making up for it, like, defensively or anything. So this is by far uh, his worst game since, like, the first 10-game stint. I guess if you want to find some positive, Jaden Ivey shot well. He was 4 of 8 so far through 3 quarters. I don't think any of these guys are going to touch the floor again, by the way. That's why I'm talking in finalities. I don't think any of these guys are going to touch the court again. But if you want to find anything, take out of here. Jaden Ivey made three threes, And... Diallo played well, and I don't know. Killian remained aggressive despite not being able to hit anything. He just kept shooting. So I, I don't know. The only takeaway I'd have, like I said, was how badly they played defensively, but that we already know about that defensively. I'm not look, when you go against Embiid and you have no one to guard him, no bigs to guard him, obviously you're gonna get torched by him. So I'm not even talking about just that, but there were so many plays where the six I like I'm not talking about just two, two plays, three plays. I'm like maybe. There was maybe 10 plays, not no joke. There was maybe 10 plays where the Sixers just ended up with a layup, a wide-open layup from someone not guarding anyone, not all the Pistons getting back, two people just not even playing defense, them going to a zone and someone's just not guarding anybody. Like, I'm not kidding. There may have been at least 10 game, ten plays. 10 plays where the Sixers just got wide-open layups or wide-open dunks at the rim with no one in sight. 10 plays at least. I don't care if you're out there with me and you playing. I don't care who's out there. I don't care if George Blaha and Greg Kelser are out there. There's no reason for that kind of effort. There's no reason for for that kind of thing to happen. I can understand MB dominating you. Yes, I completely understand that. I can understand all the six. I can understand the Sixers blowing you out, actually, somewhat. Because of, they had literally no big guys. But the way it went, they went about this defensively some, on so many possessions when it literally was just – the guys were just wide open underneath the rim – it's it's that, that kind of thing is unacceptable no matter what. And this is by far a new low for the Pistons. I'm assuming the coaching staff probably won't look too far, deep into it. Front office probably won't look too deep into it again, because they were without literally their entire front court and Kay Cunningham and Isaiah livers. So like they, they were down a lot of guys against a big team against a really good team. And then everyone just couldn't hit shots. So this is definitely probably gonna be one. They just don't even talk about after the game, to be honest. I don't think they'll even talk about it. But, yeah, it's definitely a new low for the Pistons this year, and it was – it's a tough watch. Fourth quarter just started, by the way, but I'm not watching it. I refuse. Um, if any of you guys were actually scary enough, if, if you guys were scary enough to watch this whole game, I pray for you guys. I hope none of you guys watch this game, to be honest. So, after that, when we come back, um, there's been a lot of talk. We're going to shift completely away from this game. There's been a lot of talk about Jaden Ivey in the Pistons community over the past three days, I say. Like, the last three days, it's really heated up. And there's been a lot of arguing. There's been a lot of fighting, a lot of civil war going on over Jane Ivey, over the Pistons' fifth overall pick. 
we're going to tell you, or I'm going to tell you what it's about, where I stand in this argument, and how Pistons fans should be feeling about Jane Ivey so far into his rookie year. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is Price Picks. So Price Picks is my fa- favorite daily fantasy option out there, and it's because it has cross cross sports entries. So like, for example, during this Pistons game, you could have took the over on Jane Ivey's points, the under on Killian Hayes points, and then went across the league to the NFL and decided to take the over and let's say, you know, Patrick Mahomes passing yard, Travis Kelsey receiving yards. You can put them in the exact same entry. That's what makes it the most fun for me. You simply pick two to six players to see if they score more or less than their price picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus projections available. Price picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Again, that's PricePix, daily fantasy made easy. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Just to give you guys an update of where the the game's at during this recording at this point, uh, the Pistons are now only down by 30. I, I, I guess that's something we should be applauding. They're only down 30 at this point. I do see that they have the two-way player out there tonight, uh, but I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not watching the rest of this, so it is what it is. We're going to move into something else since it's not going to get talked about. Um, all right, so Jaden Ivey, the Detroit Pistons' fifth overall pick, the the guy that a lot of Pistons fans and a lot you know a lot of people within the Pistons community consider to have the second highest potential be behind Kay Cunningham. I, I'm I'm starting to think it might be Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran has just impressed me that much this year. Um, but a lot of people do think it's Jane Ivey. And a lot of people thought Jane Ivey would be competing for a Rookie of the Year award throughout this season. It hasn't gone that way. It hasn't gone that way for him this year. And look, some of it can be attributed to the fact that A. Cunningham is out. He looked a lot better when Jane I or not Jane Ivy, Kay Cunningham was in the lineup. He was playing pretty well off ball. I actually I, I very much thought he was playing well off of Kay Cunningham most of the time. I really liked what I saw from him during that stretch. Um for like for example, like the first 13 games of Jane Ivy's season, he was shooting 44% from the field, 35% from deep. He was averaging 15, 5, and 4. I thought he was playing really well to start the year. Cade goes down. I'm sure a lot of it. Has to do as well with the rookie wall that's come up. K going down, rookie wall, being being asked to start playing different uh, roles that maybe he wouldn't have been asked to do um, if Cade was on the floor. Uh, defensively, hitting that wall defensively, dealing with that rookie kind of stuff. There's all kinds of reasons why Jane Ivey is, is, is not where a lot of Pistons fans believe that he would be at this point in the season. That is like the lofty expectation of rookie of the year. Um. 
But there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk I've seen within the Pistons community. It made me want to come on here and talk about it. There's been a big civil war going on, wondering, has Jane Ivey played badly? Like, since coming back from injury 20-some games ago? Has he been bad? Um, why has he been benched down the stretch? Is it, just how, you know, how much is he struggling? Should you be worried about him? Should you be talking about his negatives? Um, should you be concerned about his negatives? Uh, like I've seen even like people discuss, uh, should you be, will he be traded in the off season for a wing? Like there's all kinds of stuff that have been talked about with Jay Nivey that would have a lot of people believing that people outside Detroit that would have you believe that he's having an absolutely awful year. And I would say, I, I don't agree with a lot of that stuff. I don't think he's had an awful year. Um, I just want to talk about where I'm at right now with Jay Nivey very, very early into his NBA career. Where I'm at so far with Jaden Ivey, I just want to talk with you guys about that. Um, he's only played 39 games in his NBA career. So just everyone understand that, first of all. Second of all, this where I'm at with Jaden Ivey is this. He's a rookie. We knew he was going to struggle with stuff. I told you guys there was going to be a lot of things that he struggled with in the half court specifically early in his career. There's going to be stuff that he had to work out. I love the fact that he's been drawing free throws. He's drawing over five free throw attempts a game over the last like 15 games. I really like that. He's been exactly what I thought he was in that department. Drawing free throws, uh, drawing fouls, guys not being able to stay, stay in front of him. All that stuff was stuff that I thought he would be able to instantly do for the Detroit Pistons, and he's done that. He's, he's not making a lot of them. He's only shooting 71% from the free throw line over that stretch. You'd like to see that be a little bit higher. But nonetheless, he's drawing free throws. And his athleticism is absolutely real. It translates. His ability to draw free throws, it translates. That stuff, I'm really happy with seeing from him. However, I think what, what the bigger problem is and why there's, ha- there's such a divide right now. And, and honestly, it's kind of shocking me that there's such this big of a divide over Jane Ivey. But the reason why um, I'm seeing such a big divide with Jay and Ivy, I believe is the fact that a lot of Pistons fans and, and, and it's not just Pistons fans, it's fans of every home team. When they get a young player that they like, if anyone mentioned, if people mention negative things about them or things that they're struggling with or criticisms or things to be worried about, they get very defensive and they take it as you think that they're, they're awful and they won't be good, blah, blah. And I don't think that at least I don't think that's, that that should be the case. You can talk about Jane Ivey's positives, but I, and and like I just said, his ability to draw free throws and his ability to get to the rim and finish around the rim, all those things are very legit. But what's also legit, and it has to be talked about, you can't just talk about the positives. What also is legit is Dwayne Casey not trusting him to close the games for a large majority of this season. Him being horrific defensively for a large for the entire season. His questionable decision making thus far. Um his shot selection a lot of times. just And, and then the, the, the erraticness that he plays with sometimes. That's stuff that can, that, that, that can and should be brought up just like his positives are brought, off, brought up. And, that, and, and you shouldn't go too far either way. Jane Ivey needs to improve in running an offense in the half court. That's something he has to improve on. That was something we knew before the year. So the fact that he's struggling with it is not a shock to me. It's why I thought that we were going to see. That's something he has to work on. And I expect to see him be better with this at the end of the season. I, I think he'll look a lot better with it at the end of the year. Not good. I don't think he'll be good at it at the end of his rookie year. I don't know if he'll be good at it until like year three or whatever, but I expect to see him 
continue to get better as the as the weeks, the day, the days, the weeks, the months, the years go on. I, I think that's going to happen. By the way, another positive for him over the last 15 games, he's shooting 37% from deep. Now it's only on 2.9 attempts. It's not like he's getting high volume up or anything. Um, but he, he's shooting 37% from deep. So look, I, what I think, and basically what I'm trying to get at here is just more of a, I guess it's more of a rant and me just getting stuff out about Jane Ivy. Cause I know it's been such a hot topic. I've been watching all kinds of Pistons people talk about all kinds of Pistons fans talk about. I just wanted to give my voice of where it is, where I'm at with him. I, I want to hear from you guys too in the comment section or tweet at me. This is where you guys are at with Jane Ivy. I think that Jane Ivy has shown legit, legit NBA stuff. Again, his athleticism, his ability to draw free throws, his ability to 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 beat guys off the dribble, beat guys to spots offensively. Like that stuff is legit. I also think that he's shown some legit concerns that needs to be worked on. Now, does that mean that he is not going to ever improve on those things? No. His defense has to get better. It has to, or he's just gonna be unplayable in the future. It, it, it can't be this bad. Now, he's a rookie, and we give rookies a pass defensively. But some of the stuff, in my opinion, that you're seeing from him defensively, that's, that's pretty worrisome. So that's an area that I'll be watching for. And again, just the half-court stuff, I, I guess uh, other people and, and some fans are, a little, are, are being a little rough with him with the half-court stuff, how he's played in the half-court because they were expecting more. But if you guys remember before the year, I was telling you guys that I thought he was really going to struggle in, this, in the half-court because I, that's what that's what I saw. That's why I heard about heard from people who who scouted him out, and what I saw from him in the summer league. I thought this was going to be something he needed to work on. It was going to take a while. So I'm not I'm not, like that. That's not something that has me too stressed out. I expect him to be like this. So I don't know. I think he's had an okay rookie year. I don't think he's had a great one. I don't think he's had a bad one. I think he's been an okay, had an okay one. Um, I don't think there's nothing wrong with saying that. I don't think there's nothing wrong with talking about the negatives that have to improve. I don't think there's nothing wrong with talking about the positives. You need to be able to talk about both things. You can't hold, and this is why I'll leave it off with. I think this is what Pistons fans, and again, not just Pistons fans, but fans of any any like of their home team, whatever. One of the biggest mistakes I feel like fans make is they 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 treat they treat young guys like they're untouchable and 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 just not what's the best word untouchable and have to have to absolutely protect them to 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 a fault it's you have to it's okay to criticize young guys and it's important that you identify what their flaws are and and identify can they get better with that and if they can't where their ceiling where can they get to without that it's important to identify those things and it's not wrong to bring those things up um but Nonetheless, I do want to end it off with that anybody trying to write finalities about Jay and Ivy this early into his NBA career is kind of crazy. Uh, not kind of. Act, you are crazy to make any finalities. And I, I expect to see a lot of the stuff that he struggles with right now. He may struggle with it still at the end of his rookie year, but I expect him to look better in March, April than he was on January 10th at these things. So that's where I'm at with Jay and Ivy. Just wanted to rant a little bit about that because I've seen a lot of talk about him lately. Um, let me know where you guys stand with that comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Um, the Pistons are when you by the time you guys listen to us, you guys will probably listen to this on the 11th. The Pistons are playing a back end of a back to back. I want to talk about what they need to respond with in this game uh, after what they did against the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, you guys get here from some of our sponsors. First up, 
BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball, they've got it all covered at BetOnline.net. If you love sports pockets, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about their trends and action today. And if you head over to BetOnline.net right now, you will see, if you click on the basketball tab, you'll see that they have the favorite for MVP, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Championship Odds, Worst Team in the League Odds, all that kind of stuff over at BetOnline.net. So head over to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about their trends and action today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Just to give you guys a quick update um, of the Pistons game at this point uh, of when I'm um, of, when, of when I'm recording the podcast, there is six minutes to go in the fourth. And the Pistons are down by 38. So, um, there you go. Uh, <laughs> no, not 38. 28. 20. I'm sorry. 28. That's better than 38. 28. Um, yeah, terrible, terrible game. I hope none of you guys watched the entirety of this game. Um, but on the back end of this back-to-back, the Pistons play at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves. What, what are some things you need to see in this game after what they put on film this game? Well, one, guys need to hit shots. Guys absolutely need to hit some shots. Um, Killian Hayes shot two of eleven in this game. I don't. I don't think him or Jane Ivy will play the. Re- Actually, they're on the court right now. I just turned in. They're on the court right now. But no matter what they do in the end of this game, it doesn't matter. Um, Killian Hayes can't shoot two of eleven again. Um, I like the fact that he was. He remained aggressive, kept shooting his shots. He just was missing everything. By far his worst game since like the beginning of the ten game stretch. Um, I expect him to come out tomorrow or tonight, whenever you guys listen to this, the eleventh against the Timberwolves and shoot well. Um, and I've really, this, this game, it looked like this game that he was going to get above 40% finally on the year after that horrific first 10 game start. It looked like he was finally going to get above 10 points per game on the season. Uh, and of course he had this game. So I hope he, I'm looking forward to him having a really good game um, against the Timberwolves to try get that percentage of 40% on the season up above 10 points per game. I hope that Jalen Dorn or Isaiah Stewart are back. Um, by the way, I, I forgot to mention earlier, they're without Bagley too. Uh, just another part of their front court that's gone. Um, I hope one of those guys are back to be able to battle with Rudy Gobert. Now, Rudy Gobert isn't going to make them punished or aren't going to punish them as much as like Joel Embiid obviously would be able to. Um, but nonetheless, they're going to need those guys to come back because starting Nerlens the well and running Hamadou Diallo as your backup five just isn't going to be something that <laughs> that can continue to happen. So you need to see that turn around. Um, Sadiq Bey, a player that, you know, was going to have a chance to have a really big game in the starting lineup. He was going to have a chance to really get a lot of shots. Now, at this point in the game, he had 17 points, but I don't care. He started off the game, I believe, like 0 of 7. He's 4 of 13 at this point in the game. Um, If Boyan is out again uh, with with his injury, Sadiq Bey is going to get another chance to to have a good game, and I hope he plays better. He's 0 of 6 right now as a as of me talking right now uh, from the field or from the, from beyond the arc. So look, they're going to need Sadiq Bay to play better than he did against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, 
and 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 Jaden Ivy to show up and, and play really well. It's going to fall on the backcourt. If these guys are hurt again, if these guys are still out, if 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 Jalen Duran, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Isaiah Stewart are still going to be out in this game, then Killian Hayes and Jaden Ivy are going to have to be who step up for them. It has to be. If they don't step up, they're they're going to get blown out again, and they're not going to have a chance. So, I, I thought. And by the way, at this point in the game, when I'm recording, there's six minutes left in the game. Jane Ivey actually did have a good game. He has 17 points right now. He got to the free throw line um, six times, six of six from the free throw line, four of eight from the floor, three of five from deep. Really efficient game. Um, he had a fine game. He had a fine game. So hopefully he can have back-to-back good performances and his other backcourt mate in Killian Hayes can show up tomorrow um, or tonight against the Timberwolves, whenever you're listening to this. And those two guys can keep the Pistons in it against the Timberwolves because they're going to have a chance against the Timberwolves tonight. Um, those two guys are going to have to have to be the reason why. Uh, outside of that, man, I'm going to advise everybody, and I think the coaching staff is going to do this. I think the players are going to do this. The front office, fan base should do this as well. Wipe this game from your memory. Just act like it didn't happen. It was an overall bad game from the entire team in drastic circumstances. Just, just – overall tough night that you just don't want to remember or even talk about. So after this, don't act, just forget this game happened and, and just move on with your day. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I will see you guys later. Stay safe out there. Go Pistons. Until next time, peace out.